podcast world what's up chad belling back at you another episode of this life ain't for everybody please remember to keep supporting the partners and sponsors that support us we're very humbled by the growth and the success of the podcast thank you for all the subscriptions and downloads today's episode of the this life ain't for everybody podcast is brought to you by our friends at Safari Club International. Very important to understand the mission of Safari Club and what they stand for and how they're fighting for our rights as hunters, fishermen, conservationists, outdoorsmen, outdoors women every day behind the scenes. Doesn't matter if you're a cottontail rabbit hunter or the big dangerous five in Africa, you have to understand what they're doing for us and why it's so vital to become a member and support all of their policies. Go to the convention. I'm so fired up about our partnership with Safari Club International. I want to send a big shout out to them. My guest today is one of the most awesome people in the hunting industry the hunting tv space the big game space the white-tailed deer space he is the founder of Buckmasters, the buck Batmaster nation we're going to get in that today mr jackie bushman from the state of georgia are you from georgia jackie originally no well my my grandparents were from rome georgia but i, I was born and raised in montgomery alabama he's from alabama that's close enough so are you a are you a Alabama or an Auburn fan, Jackie Bushman? Oh, that's your first question right off the bat. <laughs> Boy, that's tough. I grew up as an Alabama fan, okay? All my life, my sister went there. I got all the signed footballs from Joe Namath and all that deal. But on my recruiting trip uh, for my tennis deal, uh, the coach didn't think I was good enough to play in the SEC and uh, maybe some doubles, and it kind of bothered me a little bit, so – my dad was the number one tennis player at LSU and played basketball. So I had a scholarship down there, but I thought that was too far to drive. So I ended up driving over to Auburn because my friends went there and the fraternity brothers and stuff. So and the girl I was dating was going there. So they were last in the SEC in tennis. And I went over and I said, Coach, uh, I'd like to play tennis for Auburn. And he said, here, here's a full scholarship. So I ended up at Auburn and uh, had a pretty good career there. And every time I met Alabama, it wasn't a pretty deal for Alabama. So uh, let's just leave it like that. <laughs> so when it comes to football, it's tough to pick one still in these days. Is that a tough well, question? I'll, I'll or are you all blue and orange? I will, I will pull for Auburn, okay? But I will pull for Alabama until the Auburn-Alabama game. Then after the Auburn-Alabama game, I will pull for Alabama and Auburn. Does that make sense? And then I pull up 100%. LSU. Yeah, it makes 100% success. I just I just didn't know because in that that area of our country, it's a lot different with college football, college athletics down there. I mean, even even in today's game of of baseball, it's it's hard to beat the SEC in a lot of ways. I know Vandy's always right there out of out of Nashville, but I mean even like Arkansas is awesome in baseball these days. But there's just been a really rich heritage of football down there. Me, I'm I'm from Reno Tahoe. So we've been in like the Big West Conference and we're pretty close to California, Oregon, Washington, where we got the Pac Ten. But when you go well, I went to my first SEC football game probably eight nine years ago and it's like a different culture it's it's truly amazing to see the energy down there so i would assume that with your success in life and business and entrepreneurial spirit of america jackie bushman you're a really really competitive person is that is that fair to say i would say that's probably the least way you could say that my dad was the most competitive man i've ever been around i mean he was still playing tennis at 78 and and throwing his racket down because he was ticked off that he couldn't make a shot so yeah i'm really competitive i think my athletics and like i said when i got through playing at auburn i went on and played professional for a while but the money really wasn't in a game at that time i got to about 100 125 in the world but you had to be in top 30 to make a living so but you know the tennis part of me and the promotional side when i got through playing i, I ran the uh, uh lagoon park tennis center which and we ran the biggest tennis tournaments for kids. And my dad and I had the blue and gray tennis tournament, which was the largest collegiate tournament inside the NCAA. So everybody always asked me, how do you go from tennis over to, to hunting? Well, I basically brought the promotional background that I had from the tennis side of the business and brought it over to the uh, hunting side of the business. So, and that's how we kind of got started. And I started with an event that was set up like the NBC superstars. I don't know if you remember that well, a long time ago, NBC had a deal called the NBC, NBC Superstars, and it would have bikes and track and swimming, and Joe Frazier would be doing something or this or that. So I really just switched the concept over to the outdoors. So I took that and made the Buckmasters Classic, and we had knife throwing, hatchet throwing, skeet shooting, 
bow and arrow golf, uh, ATV riding, all of this. And that's where I started basically was that event and Bo Jackson, uh, who, who went to Auburn, uh, and is a good friend of mine. And then I had Dale Earnhardt who I, who I met and then Wade Boggs is a partner of Buckmaster. So, and you know, we just had a lot of great celebrities down and that's basically how I started Buckmasters was off the Buckmasters classic event. We did a, we did a TV series uh, or pilot for TNN back in 1988, if I remember right. And um, we did it on our shooting events, and that's how they said, well, let's do a hunting show, and that's how we got started. And the Buckmasters Classic was the big promotional event for the TV series. Wow. So it's kind of like the the Outdoor Olympics, almost like the the ESPN Outdoor Games kind of came off of Buckmasters in a way because they went with the, the chainsaws and the sporting dogs and the four-wheelers and the UTVs and all of that. It kind of sounds like they might have came up with that concept after seeing the success you're having. Does, does that still exist in whole? Does the event still take place? No, we had it for 15 years, and then we moved on to do our life hunt for terminally ill kids. And, you know, it got tougher to get the, you know, get the different folks in. You know what I'm saying? They already come a couple of times, and it was harder to find new space, you know, new faces. And the professional wrestlers were, you know, a big hit for us. And, you know, uh, Steve Austin, who was Stone Cold, he, he was there. But we lost a lot of wrestlers, uh, Kurt Hennig, and we lost Davey Allison and Dale Earnhardt. So we lost a lot of folks. Uh, I just thought, you know, it was the right time to move over to another event. And that's our life hunt that we do for terminal kids. And we have like eight terminal kids and two wounded soldiers. So, and we have a couple of celebrities that will come to that. So I just thought the timing was right to make a move. And, you know, you kind of want to go out on top on an event and we were, and I thought we did it at the right time. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's amazing to look back 33 years of what all we kind of did and where we are now. So, uh. A lot of a lot of gray hairs. I can promise you that. Yeah, for all of us, Jackie. And congratulations on an awesome career. But you said something in there that makes me think. Like you knew it was time that you know to to, to move on to the next event. Thirty three years of of pulling a bow back, putting tree stands up, building food plots, going to shot show, traveling the world, going to Montana. You've done it. You've been there, done it all. At where you're at right now in your life, when you can say stuff like you get to hunt with to raise money for terminally ill children and charities and military and wounded veterans and heroes that fought for our freedoms. Does this lifestyle ever get old to you? Does it ever get to to where you're just like, you know what? It's time to move on to the next chapter of my life and I don't need to see another bow and arrow or another squirrel in a tree. Or is it so ingrained in you that nobody will ever take that away from you of you waking up and loving the outdoors? No, I've always had the passion and everybody asked me that. And, you know, I hate the traveling part. I, I think after 33 years, you know, having to drive, you know, to Atlanta from Montgomery at 2.30 in the morning, catch a flight, that part I, I don't care for, but it is part of, it, it is part of the lifestyle. But no, once I get out there, I'm ready to go. And I, I probably get more nervous now, you know, shooting a deer or whatever. And then, you know, the squirrel hunting now, as we, you know, we got a big event that kind of came up off the Buckmasters classic idea, but, you know, I'm very impassioned. I, you know, my fifth year at Auburn when uh, I was through playing, all the athletes, you know, all the football players and basketball players, we had a, a class called FED 214, and we were all working with disabled kids. And, um, you know, God blessed me with athletic ability, but, you know, having a chance to work with disabled kids really kind of stuck with me. And then when we got over to Buckmasters, you know, and all of a sudden we had a chance to come back and work with disabled kids in a different way, that always stuck with me. So. No, I really enjoy that part of it, uh, to be able to take, you know, we've, we've partnered with a group called Hope for Warriors, and uh, and that's just been a godsend of being able to take all these wounded uh, soldiers out to the field. And just, hey, our way of saying thank you for their sacrifices. And uh, as I said, we've taken, yeah, let's see, we've taken 8,000 disabled folks to the field, bought them adaptive equipment. We've taken over 900 terminally ill kids now and close to 500 wounded soldiers. So uh, I'm more proud of that than anything I've ever done in Buckmasters because, you know, people just say, hey, that's a guy on TV. Well, there's a lot more to the guy on TV than you might know. Those are just passions in my heart that you got to give back. You can't be a taker all your life. You want to try to give back, and that's what we've tried to do. Give me the one that's on the top of your forehead right now, the memory of of a soldier and, and seeing how therapeutic it was to have him out there. What they said to you, are there teardrops? Is it so, Is it? I mean, because I've got to experience it too, not as much as you, obviously, but is there one that stands out? Well, 
you know, all the soldiers always stood out to me because, you know, you just try to put yourself in their shoes, okay? And to try to say, hey, they were over there doing this and that. But I, I'll tell you the one, and this goes back to a little child. His name is Matthew Bowles, and he's the one that basically started our whole terminally ill project. He wrote me a letter. He said, I'm Matthew Bowles. I'm 11 years old. I've got cystic fibrosis, and I don't have much time, but I want to get my first deer with you and Buckmasters. So my secretary walked it in, and, you know, I, I read all my mail. So I made the call to uh, James and Laura, his, his parents, and said, look, I would love to try to make it happen. Um, give me a time and let me see if I can find a place to go. And I, I called the folks that had our terminally ill hunt, Sedgefield Plantation, Jimmy Hinton, and them said, absolutely, let's try to get little Matthew in. So his mother had to sit in a tree stand with him and a ladder stand with a with an oxygen bottle because he had, you know, cystic fibrosis. So I'll never forget. And this is a little – he's 11 years old. He weighs 42 pounds, okay? Mm. So he shoots this deer, and it comes by, he shoots him. But all I can talk about was this big, big buck that came behind that deer. Okay, so I said, wow, okay, kept talking about it stuff. So two weeks later, we had the Buckmasters Classic I was telling you about, and Chipper Jones was coming this year, and that was Matthew's hero. So we brought Matthew back over two weeks later. He wasn't feeling real good, had a fever, but he, he stayed on the couch and waiting for Chipper, and Chipper went back to shoot, hunt that big deer. And finally on, I think it was Friday night, Chipper got the big deer. And I never forgot that. And then we went to the banquet that uh, Saturday night, and Chipper raced twenty thousand dollars for little matthew and uh he he's also started uh a cystic fibrosis foundation you know uh in his name in chipper's name and then we got them deer mounted i think it was two or three weeks later matthew was real sick in the hospital in atlanta and uh got the deer over there he reached out of the oxygen tent petted the deer and you know smiled and passed away an hour later now that's the one that sticks with me because that's the one that really got this thing going nationwide. So, you know, you talk about the soldiers, you talk about it, all of them, but I would have to say the Matthew Bowl story is the one that sticks out to me the most. Man, that is absolutely amazing. An hour later, and you got to see Chipper and the deer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, unbelievable. It was a cool story. And it's funny because I was trying to do walk-ups with him, and I, and I was screwing up. He's going, God, Mr. Bushman, you stink. And, you know, he was so cocky. You know what I'm saying? And everybody loved him. I mean, when he came to the classic and laid on the couch, everybody knew who Matthews was, whether it was Jim Varney, who did our Bubba character, or, or Wade Boggs, or any of the guys. They all fell in love with this little kid, and they all and they raised $20,000 at the banquet to give him. So. Man, that's amazing. I, th I think that's one of the coolest things about hunting is you is the walks of life that you get to associate with. You know, you could have a soldier to a terminally ill kid to a Chipper Jones to a Wade Boggs, who's arguably one of the best hitters. Both of them are first ballot Hall of Famers in the major leagues and and Bo Jackson and and, and Earnhardt. And I, there's all of these iconic figures that that hunting really brings us all together. And the common denominator is the woods and the events that you're putting on. And you, you also said something that people don't really maybe know who Jackie Bushman really is. But did you not want to strive to let them know that part of you or have you always been a hundred percent fine with just staying in the back and letting these events speak for themselves with the Buckmaster's name on them, but not necessarily Jackie Bushman, Jackie Bushman, Jackie Bushman all the time. It was always about the respect for the resource and the respect for the kids or the soldiers, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, you know, and it's hard to do, but I mean, I try to, the thing with, uh, you know, with, with Bo Jackson, you know, Bo and, uh, wanted to come and be part of it. But way back, I mean, when I first started this, I mean, the first thing people said, oh, you're deer hunting. Oh, you're, you're no. shooting Bambi or something. You know, they, they blamed the Bambi movie for this. So, I mean, it, it was hard to be able to explain to people what a hunter was all about and the conservation side and this and that because they just saw a movie that, that basically put us in a box. And I didn't like that. And all these movie stars were saying hunters were bad. So what I did is I basically went out and got the biggest names in, say, football or baseball or country music, which were role, role models out there that, that didn't have a problem talking about hunting and how good it was and, and, and the Second Amendment. So uh, that's the way I kind of went after it. It was a celebrate. The Buckmasters Classic was a celebrate of hunting, but I was able to use those celebrities to use them as role models, which they had millions of fans also. And if Bo Jackson says hunting and fishing is cool, and so does Wade Boggs and Jeff Foxworthy and Dale Earnhardt, then basically – 
I didn't accomplish what it I what I wanted to for the event and for our industry. And and to, in today's when you watch Buckmaster on the Outdoor Channel today, you have a, kind of a, a night show theme to it to where it's like you're the david letterman or the johnny carson and you have something in common with these guests but you it's almost like an interview process is is that mainly geared towards other whitetail deer hunters to come on and tell their story or will we ever see uh, what you're talking about right now will we see some of these celebrities come on there and sit in your interview room or do a zoom meeting like this i'm sure it's happened before but it seems that, that you've kind of geared towards the whitetail hunter is that fair to say yeah, because, uh, you know, a lot of these younger hosts that I bring on, they needed a break, okay? They weren't they weren't on Sunday nights on primetime and stuff, and I've met them, and I've enjoyed what they're doing because they're the future. I mean, you know, I, you know, somebody told me the other day, I think I met Moses when he came off the boat and we separated the animals, and I picked the whitetail. So that's how long I've been doing it. But I, it's been an honor to work with some of these younger hosts and try to give them a little publicity. But, you know, I just think, you know, it was – the it, it was the right time to, to do the Jackie Bushman show. And the reason was when we were on TNN, we could do one show and do over a million households. Okay. Well now you, you know, TV's so fragmented now with the outdoor channel and you got three or four other networks. So we had to come up with another show to give us the same amount of households as that we did when we were on TNN. So I always, I was on Ralph Emery's show Nashville now, and I always liked the talk show format. Okay. And we started out with one hour on outdoor channel and they moved us down to 30 minutes. So, um, and we were doing some, you know, crazy stuff. They, I had the, the kind of the buck, who's the Buckmaster game show. Uh, I had all kind of things and I never, I never forgot what all our audience always said over the years. Not, and a lot of these show hosts don't get it. They, a lot of them will think it's about them and, and not about thoughts. The number one thing the audience wants to see in an outdoor show is they want to be entertained. Okay. And I've always learned that. And I probably, my highest rated shows with me screwing up or missing or doing, uh, you know, doing something funny or a gag. And once we started figuring that out, my producers, that was the worst thing I, I could have done is they started bringing me in and I had to catch catfish with, with these girls in Tennessee and they humiliated me. Then I had the, uh, the sheriff's dog, you know, biting me in the, in the burglar suit. And let's see, I had to do armadillo chasing. I mean, I did a lot of stuff Had wild pigs bite me in the cage. So, I just started figuring out what they like. Snake jokes is probably, I can walk down the beach or I can go on a motel, restaurant or wherever. And when somebody comes up and recognizes me, they don't talk about a big deer that I shot here or there. It's always, hey man, you afraid of snakes? I'm more known <laughs> as a tall skinny guy jumping from snakes and any other trademark that I got that's been tagged to me and I'll accept that role, but my God, I just, I don't understand why people like snakes. I mean, they still scare me. They can kill you, number one. And uh, I just, I just, everywhere I go, I got snakes under my bed or, you know, coming out of the truck. So, but I don't know. We just keep trying to figure out what the audience wants. I always said, don't give the audience what you think they want. Give them what they want. And we've tried to listen over the years. But, you know, whitetail is the number one sport in our industry. There's what, 10 or 11 million of them. So we try to really go toward those guys and, and gals and and just try to entertain them but you know we'll mix in some other stuff i did a grizzly bear hunt and you know i've done elk hunting and stuff but you know whitetails kind of that's why it's buckmasters and that's what we specialize in with all of the hosts and younger generation even the mid-generation that wouldn't even really be considered the new the new guys or the new girls on the block. You've you've mentored, inspired, and influenced a lot. I've personally have heard from some of my favorites um, that I watch on a consistent basis talk about you and what you meant to them. One of them being Michael Waddell. Now, this isn't scripted. This isn't you didn't know that I would ask a question about Waddell. I'm just shooting off the cuff here of I feel that he's one of the best ever in being a voice of the deer hunting world. And you've always worked with Waddell in ways you guys have an awesome banter back and forth. What does it mean to Jackie Bushman to know that you influence somebody like him and how big he's gotten? Because I don't know if we'll ever see that kind of, I don't know what you would call it, rock star success in the hunting industry with him coming in at the right time. Does Michael Waddell mean something to you, Jackie Bushman? And does it mean to something to you to have that influence on on a person like Waddell? Well, I was going to say something nice about him, but he cheats so bad in the Squirrel Master Classic, it's really hard for me to really dig down deep and say something nice about the boy. So, um, 
there's a I've got two lawsuits pending against him on the Squirrel Masters uh, in two years. So, but <laughs> no, that boy he was in diapers when uh, I remember I had the first Buckmasters Expo at the Georgia Dome and Michael came up and he was doing a little video work for Bill and them. And uh, you know the thing about Michael is his personality. I mean, there's a lot of people. You anybody can be on TV. You can just write a check to a network, but you got to have a personality to be able to entertain and and, and get that message over and michael's uh that old booger bottom georgia just comes straight out of him and then he got old t-bone and nick to surround him so they i've been very proud of watching what they've done with the bone collector and watching him grow through the real tree program over the years but and then i told michael i said hey i've been doing my thing i'm still lord's got me still going you're going to get up there where i'm at and you got to find somebody that you can inspire to have another michael Waddell. so and i think you know and i see a lot of the ladies in the industry i, I just you know that's one thing that I always said we needed. We needed more ladies in the industry. And now you got, you know, Tiffany and, and, and Vicky and, and, and uh, all the girls out there uh, that are doing shows with their husbands and stuff, because that's the fastest growing part of our sport is the ladies. So, you know, and Nicole, I can go through all of them. Uh, they have just done a wonderful job. And I, I think we've got to cover our bases across the board, male and female. And because this new generation they don't have to go hunting or fishing. They got so many other things to do. That's all I had to do. I played sports and went hunting and fishing. But this group does not. This little millennium group does not have to go hunting and fishing. So it's going to be our job to be able to make it cool for them. And that's the thing. One thing I'm proud about, Michael. He's made it fun and cool. And uh, they just done a wonderful job over there. But I just got to. I got to work on the boy as far as the squirrel master. He just pounds me in the ground. I just don't understand after we spanked him so bad that first year and then we beat him again and he just he just attacks me so bad. I, so I, do you think that Waddell and these in, in Munt and T-Bone are maybe bringing frozen squirrels and thawing them out or before? Oh, the yeah, we already caught them. We caught them. <laughs> okay. They had a chainsaw, which nobody else did, and they chainsawed. I mean, that's against – you probably shouldn't be cutting trees down. There's one squirrel in a tree and they cut it down and one by one squirrel. Now that's under appeal. That ain't right. I just tell you, that's not right. So did they, they actually had two dogs? They had two dogs one year when everybody else had one dog and they won. So uh, this is going to the Squirrel Supreme Court, and uh, and hopefully the case will come up this year and Buckmasters will get two more titles under his belt. <laughs> so Waddell actually had the audacity to accept the trophy under pro protest on your property, like he did it right there on the Buckmaster property. Absolutely, my event. Yeah. <laughs> Just for a wooden squirrel trophy. You'd be amazed to see what these folks running around the woods were doing. You know, you were talking about Bo Jackson. I, my son and I went up. Auburn made the Final Four in basketball a few years back, and we went up to see that. I hadn't seen Bo in 30-something years. And Bo came to my first two Buckmaster Classics and, and really helped me jumpstart Buckmasters. But he noticed my son. My son was 12 at that time, but he, he noticed him over there getting a hamburger and went and said something to him. Then he came up and he said, that's your dad. And he said, yeah, he came up, hit me in the back of the head. And uh, he said, man, I, I've been, I've, I've been watching that squirrel master thing. It looks like you need some help. I said, yeah, I need some help. I can't run it up and down. Those woods. He said, I'll come to that deal. And I said, all right, don't tell me you're going to come, you know, and don't show up. He said, if I tell him, I'll come on, come and having Bo there this year. And just, he's still such a great role model. I mean, everybody, I kind of did it secret. Waddell and them didn't even know. And I brought him in and everybody kind of fell out. But just, you know, that's how we started. So Bo's going to get other celebrities in there. We'll make this squirrel thing as big as the, uh, as big as the deer deal. But the thing about the squirrel hunting part is all of these kids can get out. They can run and gun and have fun. You know, I always tell everybody, don't put everybody in a, don't put a kid in a tree stand at eight or nine years old. Tell them to be quiet and, 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 and you know, during the deer hunt. That's the worst thing to turn them off. Let them go do something. This squirrel hunt is fun now. These gamos are shooting all these gamos and uh, pellet guns and the squirrel dogs and everything. And it's turned out to be a huge event. And, and like I said, Michael and uh, the Realtree guys won it this year. We called it the replacements because Bill wouldn't come. He can't walk five yards. And then Tyler, he's on his cell phone trying to see what Mississippi State, Mississippi football is going to do. And Blanton's over there going, hey, this is awesome. And he ain't shot a squirrel yet. So they sent all the camera crew down here. You, have you ever seen the movie The Replacements? Yeah. That's what happened this year. The replacements came down and won the Squirrel Master Classic from Real Tree. So really, uh, yeah. So we've had fun with it. I mean, again, these are just the events that I try to pull off is try to show what the hunters are all about. There's a message there in all my events that we put on over the years. 
whether it's the Buckmasters Classic, whether it's our Life Hunt, whether it's the Squirrel Master Classic, and we got a few more coming. There's always the background of it is to get the message out of what the hunter is all about. It's, it's how how does it mix in with when you hold an event like that, how have you always worked? I, I've always been really intrigued by your partnerships and sponsors, like the hat you're wearing right now, Yamaha. You've been with them for a long time. You have, you have iconic sponsors and brands. You've, you've kind of evolved or rolled over into non-hunting specific brands like automotive, NASCAR related brands, oil, stuff that, stuff that, you know, wouldn't really, you know, be your, your regular bow, your broadhead, your camouflage, your pants, all of that kind of stuff. So that's really important to not just revenue, but also to show kind of, of these other brands that support this culture. When you, when you throw these events, did you always have that mindset of, look, there's going to be a lot of conflict here. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be in different camo patterns. There's going to be a lot of people shooting different brand bows. It doesn't matter when it comes to this type of thing. And have your partners always been understanding of that, Jackie, to where they've always supported that or they always said hey as long as you protect our brand do whatever you need to do on these events well most of these events they do have exclusivities on them and we've always honored that and that's the way we got started but you know once we got just about everybody in the industry with something um we had to be big enough to go out and attract the non-endemic sponsors you know and we're blessed to have napa uh for 15 or 16 years we've gotten shell rotella because of napa we got nationwide insurance yamaha has been with me for what 33 years now and uh just to watch the ATV business grow as big as it has. But, you know, they, they took a risk on me when they didn't need me. You know what I'm saying? I just had a guy, an old skinny tennis player with an idea. And, uh, and then we just had a great staff around here to make all these crazy ideas that I got work. And, you know, they've hung in with, with us. And, you know, I, I was involved with Dale Earnhardt senior and Davey also in NASCAR. And I just watched how that, how that model worked. And, and, you know, those fans are so loyal to the, to the brands that come in and ask and they go buy the product. So nothing different here. It's just a different sport. Yeah. It makes total sense. And are, do you, do you have a, a business model and is it like, you don't even need to show them numbers anymore. The relationships are there as far as like when you're talking 33 years, I mean, is that just a, a no brainer for Yamaha to re-sign that deal every year? Does Jackie Bushman have to be present in all of the episodes? Are they sponsoring you or are they sponsoring the overall culture of Buckmasters? Well, I hope they do all of Buckmasters. I can only do so much. I, I got old Jacob Landry. He's doing some co-hosting for me. And um, the bottom line is the Buckmasters TV show is the longest one out there. We, you know, uh, I think the real tree guys came five years after us and uh but we've been doing it longer than anybody so and we've kind of sat in there on sunday nights and you know at 10 o'clock eastern and we've had that time for god knows how long and then when the sunday afternoons right after church so um but you know and then we're learning how to all this digital stuff uh we're trying to figure that out too uh so well when we bring a package to a sponsor we give them everything across the board from TV to print to events, uh, to banquets, to social media and everything. And I guess that's what separates us from the pack, I guess. And we're very loyal. And I, I think what we try to do is, is, uh, put that brand out there of whoever sponsored and help try to sell their products. And that's, that's just been the blessing that we've seen. How, how important, how important do you, do you feel that the culture of Buckmasters is to the, to, the industry as far as the partners and sponsors go it's almost you don't hard sell anything you're more of a culture guy you're more of hey let's get people involved let's have these events let's let the brand stand on their own and show that they're supporting the buckmasters nation and the overall encompassing culture but do you do you think that it's it's one of those things to where they don't really have to be hard sold in what you do for them because they know that your audience is paying attention because of the culture you've built well i hope so i mean I'd hate to know I had to start over again. I know that. So, uh, but you know, you look at folks and I think we've got seven sponsors that's been with us from day one. And that probably means more to me than anything. And, you know, they've changed marketing people over the years, a bunch of them. So um, it's a lot easier to go to somebody and say, Hey, here's who we are. Here's what we do. Here's the sponsors that we have. And that was the thing that with Napa, so, you know, when I, I met with the guys at Napa, they had to do their history on, Hey, uh, it was a do it, do it yourself craft. The number one that hobby. So that helped. And then he said, 
the thing that got him the most, he said, look, you've got it across the board. You got everything that I would possibly want TV, print, uh, digital events, but seeing the sponsors that you've got and how long they stayed with you, that's probably meant that meant more to his decision because you're helping sell their product. So if that answered your question, that's kind of, you know, I guess it speaks for itself. No, it really does. And I just think that the longevity, because I, I don't know what the average is, but do you, have you ever heard any numbers, Jackie, on what the average TV show longevity or lifespan is in this industry? I don't know. All I know is we're going into our 34th year next year. So uh, nobody can beat that one. I know uh, it's just because we, you know, when we first signed up to do it and I never forget this. We couldn't get a deer on camera in camera line. I was going, no wonder nobody's done a deer hunting show. You can't get them on camera. And uh, as the cameras have gotten better now, but boy, that just used to drive me crazy. But we figured out a way. We did a lot of shows in Texas, I know, right at first, because the deer, you know, they had enough deer that would come out in the proper light. But we were having a hard time of getting deer in the proper light. The famous two words of a cameraman was, don't shoot. I have no light. And the problem was the old cameras, they didn't pick up camera light till about 20 minutes after we were hunting in the mornings normally. And then you was quitting about 20 minutes in the afternoon, which was prime time. So, uh, but thank God the cameras have gotten better. They've gotten smaller. They don't weigh as much and they don't cost as much. When you, uh, go through your life, as far as the, the hunts you've been on, does the, do you live off the land Jackie or is Buckmasters meant to be a trophy, a trophy kind of group or is it more of the overall respect for the resource and what whitetail deer are and whatever kind of you know whatever kind of buck you're chasing whether it's a mule deer coos deer whitetail blacktail whatever do you live off the land do you eat deer meat do you guys eat any squirrels when you kill them out of the trees down there how what is your overall feeling on wild game oh yeah i mean i've always said and my grandfather always said if you're gonna shoot it you better be willing to eat it or make sure somebody does and I guess that's the thing I've always stuck with. Uh, we feed a lot of folks off of a lot of our events. Uh, you know, the, the old Buckmasters Classic, there was a lot of deer taken, and we gave it to the food bank and stuff. And then with the Squirrel Master deal, we, all the squirrels go to the local community right there, and they love to eat the squirrels. So I'm all big about that. I mean, I think elk, I think elk is the best of all of them, and I've had them all. And uh, the thing is, you know, a lot of them have no fat and no cholesterol in them. So they're And, hey, with this COVID-19 virus, uh, I'm sitting there going, hey, if I need to, I can go shoot whatever I need to to feed my family. And uh, you're noticing a lot of anti-gun folks are going to buy their first guns right now, too. And uh, they might want to learn how to hunt a little bit because if if these restaurants and they close everything like they're trying to close, you might need old Hunter in the family to go provide for you. So, But I love, like I said, you know, fried brim. I mean, you can go through the whole deal. I, I remember my mother wouldn't eat deer meat for love and money, so. I just told her it was a, a tenderloin that we fixed, and I, I, I fixed it just right. She ate it. I said, well, that was deer meat, Mom. She said, really? I said, yep. She said, that was pretty good. It's, you got to get the stigmatism out of people's head, you know, what you're eating. But I remember all, all the blue-haired ladies at the church, you know, we had it fixed up. We didn't put names on it. We just thought it was beef or something, and they were impressed. They were going, that was elk, and that was deer and stuff. But yeah, you got to – if you're going to hunt <clears> – <throat> Excuse me. If you're going to hunt and take the game, you better be willing to clean and eat it. You said brim there. That's a bluegill? Yes. We call it brim down south. So you're a fan of a fish fry? Absolutely. Hush puppies are my favorite. What is a hush puppy? Hush puppy is batter. uh, And once you get it all put together and you fry it, it, it's pretty good. good. You can put peppers in it and stuff. uh, Is it corn-based? It's it's cornmeal. Oh. peppers what else is in it and then you fry that it's a meal it's a corn meal that you put together in a little ball then you fry it and it's got you can put peppers in it i mean to me that french fries and fried brim or fried bass it doesn't get any better than that oh man i freaking love fish fries are you are you a, a fitness guy still with your competitive background your athleticism your tennis background do you still work out do you still watch the heart rate get on a treadmill or do you just let your overall daily routine keep you in shape I try to walk now. I had some uh, had some knee issues, but uh, I don't run. When I do run, I'm running on uh, real soft surfaces because I had shin splints real bad. But no, I walk. I try to walk 30, 40 minutes a day. I usually take my dogs with me and do that. So, And then what I do, I've, if I do an elk hunt or something, I do a lot of stair work just to build my legs up and stuff and try to keep my cardio. But 
I probably put on a few more pounds during this COVID-19 than I need. That Bluebell ice cream, I love that stuff. But, boy, it goes straight to your gut, and i got to get that gut off. So, uh, but, no, I've what tried flavor? What flavor are you talking? Hey, I buy the little in, the individual packs. It's got the chocolate and the vanilla, oh. and I do one one day and one the next. And I put M&Ms and chocolate syrup on top of it. It's oh, so you got a, Jackie Bushman's got a sweet tooth. Oh, I'm terrible. Bo Jackson said, I cannot understand how you can put that much sugar in your body in one day. So I get up, I drink, I can't drink coffee. Never had a cup of coffee in my life, but I do a Dr. Pepper and uh, it's staining my teeth. So I probably got to go back to Mountain Dew, but Mountain Dew, I have four crowns in one year from that because my son's a dentist. He's going, you might as well be just drinking straight sugar, dad. So uh, I just got, I'm terrible in the mornings. I couldn't play tennis match in the morning and morning hunts for me are tough. But once I get up and going, I'm all right, but golly getting out of that bed in the morning is tough today so but i gotta have something that's that caffeine that'll get me up and i have a moon pie behind it so uh, <laughs> that's all american meal <laughs> i can't believe you eat moon pies you eat honey buns oh absolutely there hey Krispy Kreme donuts man i'll tell you this i never drove by a Krispy Kreme donut with the hot sign on i didn't do a u-turn on <laughs> You're right when they're coming out of the oven. So this year I read a press release and I saw that the new the CEO of Safari Club International was down at your place and you signed a deal with Safari Club to be a leader, to be an ambassador. Not really, an, I don't know if that's the right word, but a leader, a voice. What what are we doing here? What is Buckmasters doing? Because isn't Safari Club meant for going to shoot a lion in Tanzania or a zebra in Plains game in South Africa? Isn't it just a safari? Isn't it just for safari hunters, Jackie? That's where the change is. And that's that's why we're partnering together. And Laird Hamerlin has just done a wonderful job of having the vision over there. And Chip Honeycutt and I go way back because Chip was uh, with Tinks for so long as one of our sponsors. So, you know, I met, I saw Chip over at the SHOT Show and he said, hey, look, we're trying to, we really want to get into the whitetail space and we need that voice. So I said, well, call Laird, tell him to come. And they came down, visited with us and we're off and going. But the thing that I really like about our partnership and, and we, you and I have talked about it, we have taken great pride in the entertainment part of the whitetail space from the TV show and the educational part of Buckmaster's Whitetail Magazine. But we've really never had the political arm that can bring us up to speed from every hunter in any state. If there's any legislation that's going against hunting or gun rights or anything like that, we've really never had that arm. And that's what I don't think a lot of people know. And that's my job is to be able to tell our fan base and all the hunters out there what SCI is really all about and why you want to be part of. And I think that combination right there and that synergy between both the brands is going to make our partnership the strongest uh, brand out there as far as being part of a group and having that. So that's the reason the partnership is happening. We're going to, you will see a lot more stuff here coming pretty soon and some of the things we're going to be doing, trying to put them together. But I'm excited about it because it gives us a total package and uh, it's something we just never had. Now having that, having that conservation side and the political side and, and keeping everybody up to speed of what's going on in Washington, that's powerful. So powerful. And w- when you go out as the, the personality that you are and the credibility and respect and trust that you've earned with this audience, this is what I see the, the, the SCI and their committee and their board of directors and management group is like, hey, we have to get this message out there that whether you're a duck hunter in, in Arkansas or a deer hunter in Montana on the on the Milk River or out down south hunting deer or pigs in Texas, Safari Club's working for all hunters behind the scenes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's and that's what a lot of the average hunters don't understand. They just assume, hey, I'm gonna go hunting the rest of my life. Well, hey, if you hadn't been woken up yet with all this riots and protesting and stuff, there's some serious issues we got in this country. Gun sales and ammo sales are out the roof. Why? Because people are afraid. So we want to make sure we're messaging to our audience, we're only 10% of the population. 10% are animal rights activists that don't want us. 80% of the country will never hunt or fish. It's those people we have to educate and to get that message out. Jeff Oxford used to always tell me, he said, hey, give me five minutes with a non-hunter and I'll get them where they might not hunt or fish, but they'll understand what we do. 
you got to get through all the screaming. Animal rights groups, all they do is scream and work on emotions and stuff. And I've always said emotion and politics can never dictate wildlife conservation. And it can't because if you do, our sport's gone. And if it wasn't for the hunters and the fishermen through the Pittman-Robertson Act and all the things we do with our excise taxes and all that, people don't understand. The fastest growing sport's bird watching. Who's, who, who's the one that funds that? The hunters do. So it's an educational part. And I've always, and I've done my TV show the same way. I mean, I don't, you know, you don't see any blood in my show. You don't see the word kill in my show. I'm editing for two people. I'm editing for the hunter and the non-hunter. So if somebody's coming through there and they see our show, hopefully they won't be offended by it. I mean, taking the animal is taking the animal. But I'm just saying, I, I've always been so sensitive of it because I knew the roadblocks that I had when I first started Buckmasters and going to sponsors and stuff. So, But having this partnership with uh, Laird and Chip and the SEI team, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I think we can be very, very powerful in our industry going forward. What you just said there really sparks with, you know, sparks a a lot of emotion and thought myself because with social media and with instant gratification and with it being so easy to put yourself out there for people to see my, my good friend, Remy Warren, who I'm sure you've heard of Remy Warren. He told me, Jackie, that this is a privilege. We're not entitled to hunt and it's not written into our declaration and our constitution to have the right to hunt. We do have the right to bear arms through the second amendment. But it's going to be a hunter, Remy Warren says, that will get this privilege and right to hunt taken away or revoked if we're not careful. And when you go on to the Instagrams and the Facebooks and where it's so easy to shoot a video of a coyote in a snare trap and seeing him with the look on his face or her face or, you know, bloody snow geese just being tossed into the back of a pickup truck. There has to be this message by Jackie Bushman with what you just said, not only supporting the conservation efforts, but showing that we have to show people that we care and we have compassion. We're not going to take a slow motion video just to see a bunch of feathers get peter puffed out of a canada goose at 18 yards because we make the most realistic decoys in the world and guns and ammo that could kill a freaking army if we wanted to with with the technology today we are simply hunters and we have to showcase that lifestyle and that privilege in the right light and that's when i saw that press release being signed by you and 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 laird and everybody at ce and and everybody at sci that's what i'm thinking is like man what a powerful message and a powerful voice that can show other hunters like hey we have got to drop the ego drop the arrogance and we have to start taking care of each other because it can be gone in a heartbeat i agree uh and i probably agree more now than i ever have because i've been watching it over the years so uh but i I really do i think the partnership between both of us can be very powerful as long as you get the messaging out and as i said you know when i first started i was kind of going kind of maybe off the wrong path a little bit and and some industry folks said look hey get back over here. And I think this is the direction you want to go. I mean, I didn't know. So, you know, to, to a lot of the young producers, they don't really understand. It's not their fault, but what you have to understand is that you want to make sure your message is for two audiences. And if you don't, you're going to miss the boat, especially with social media, because you do something, say something or show something, you can't get that back. And they will use that basically as an advertisement against you. So, We've always tried to do the right things and say the right things, and hopefully that will, uh, you know, in- encourage some of the young producers and some of the folks out there putting the message out. Yeah, I think it's awesome. So we're we're going to start seeing this in in the fall of of. 2020 as you start filming we'll start seeing messaging coming out of the buckmasters nation of the support of sci and that you guys have combined forces to get these messages out there absolutely in fact chip he did the show like we're doing right here on zoom and i think it's august 23rd it'll come out and really talk about our partnership right there uh with laird me and laird on it so uh, we're excited about it um, I talked to I talked to Chip Honeycutt about what it meant to have Buckmasters on the SCI team and part of the SCI family and mission and, and message, and he said, "quote It's a big deal, the biggest deer hunting name." the biggest name in deer hunting and the leader in defending the freedom to hunt. He says, this is a bigger deal than just a press release pretty much. Right. This is a, uh, this is a huge deal that I wanted to really touch on to end our podcast. They not necessarily the, the vital end. Cause I do have a couple quick questions for you, but 
I think it's a huge deal. And to hear Chip, the v, this VP of marketing for Safari Club, say that, it's a big deal, Jackie. No question. As I said, you put the power of SCI and Buckmasters together in one team. Wow, that's power. And we want the hunters out there to know what we're doing and want to be part of it. You know, you want to be part of something that gives something back. And I think it really with the new, I will frame it as the new Buckmasters because it basically will be a new Buckmasters. We're under complete new management, but to bring the, the SCI part into it, yeah, it's going to be a whole new Buckmasters nation and everything. And uh, like I said, we're excited. Uh, I think Laird and Chip are coming down here in a few weeks. We've got some more things to iron out. But when we start messaging and getting it out there, we, we sure hope the hunters will buy into it. Can you tell me what you mean by new management of Buckmasters? Oh, we've just got a whole new staff here. Uh, we've brought new folks in and got a new board of directors and stuff. So, you know, things change over the years. So we just got a whole new group. Got some young folks doing social media for us. So I can learn a little bit about it, the Instagrams and all this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we've got a whole new look. Now, hey, my look hasn't changed. And, and, and it, it will get older as we look. But, you know, I guess they can even fix me up a little bit. But, you know, I'm surrounding myself with some younger folks on the show, Jacob Landry's you know, co-host, and we're going to possibly see some new faces on the show here in the years to come. So, you know, I, I get it. I mean, you know, I, I'm going to do this thing as long as I can. The good Lord wants me to do it, and the fans want to watch. Uh, I'm going to keep doing the TV side until they tell me that I'm too old and get off the, get off the TV. So I'll be like, I love Lucy. You know, you just see me in syndication. <laughs> well, I hope you do, because I love watching your stuff. I have for a long time. If you got to choose one country music act to go watch tonight, quarantine's over. You get to go to a concert. Do you like crowds? Do you like concerts? And if you, even if you don't, would it be Waylon? Would it be Bo Cephas? Would it be a new bro country? Would it be Florida Georgia Line, Jackie Bushman? Who do you buy a ticket for to go see tonight or request a ticket? Boy, that's a tough question right now because I lost my one of my best friends at Buckmasters with Charlie Daniels. And Charlie was a great friend. If I never got a Christmas card from anybody, I got one from Charlie Daniels. And I don't know if our industry, as far as hunters, fishermen, and gun owners, know what we lost when losing Charlie Daniels. So uh, I just I wish him the best. He, he, he was one of the best guys, but he always came promoted it. But you know, I met old Luke Bryan out on the beach, uh, and, you know, I went to one of his concerts. No, Luke out there, you know, he, he's rocking it pretty good. And he's a he's a big Christian, a big guns person, and Jason Aldean's another one. They're all part of the Buck Commander group. So, you know, I've liked those guys. But if you take me way back, my two favorite groups were Charlie Daniels and the Marshall Tucker Band. That was, that was mine. That was the country music side of it that I, I really like country rock with. You know, old George Strait's pretty good, too. Hank Jr., he did one of the first buck matches. Oh, Hank, he's as good as they get. So I'm a country music buff, but uh, uh, I miss old Charlie. I just well, – we were trying to have him one more time at Buckmasters. And, you know, Hazel and Charlie Daniels Jr., that, I know it's a big loss for him, but uh, doggone it, he was good. Gosh, he was awesome. So, so prolific. And were you friends with Joe Diffie? We lost him this year, too. Yeah, we had Joe, too, at Buckmasters. Yeah, we lost two of them this year so far. And one last yeah, year, Joe, the year before, with, with Daryl, right? Yeah. <clears throat> with, with Singletary. Yeah, so I knew all those guys, and it's just it's, it's tough. But we're getting older, and, you know, we're not going to be here long. Charlie went 83 years. I saw him out of Las Vegas, and he said, hey, what am I going to do, Bush? He said, I said I'm going to keep singing and playing this fiddle as long as I can. And I said, I don't blame him. I said, you inspire me. I don't know if I can climb a tree at 35 foot at 83 years old, but by God, if I'm around, I might try. Yeah, I saw the last time I saw him play was uh, NRA in Dallas, I believe, in eight, 18, and he tore it up that night too. And he got that he got that pistol. They they gave him the honorary pistol that night. But yeah, man, what a freaking performer and songwriter and fiddle player. Jackie, I think it's awesome what you're doing, man. I, I saw it when Waddell and those guys posted the selfies with Bo Jackson. I literally like shrieked. I'm like, man, I wish I knew Jackie well enough to get invited because I would love to be a part of that, which um, 
maybe I don't know how to shoot a squirrel behind hounds living where I live because we really don't have that kind of hunting out here, but I've done it. I love it. But when I saw that and just the what I thought of Joe, Bo Jackson growing up and, and the Bo No Bows campaign, I could bring you into, into the studio and show you. I have every card, every poster, his shoe signed. I mean, I was like a Bo Jackson groupie, as bad as that sounds. But I have all of the ones with his shirt off, with the shoulder pads on, with the bat over it. Um, I've read Bo Knows Bo. I don't know how many times. I know everything about Bessemer, Alabama, and Vincent Jackson. I was just like, man, what a freaking group, you know, to be able to go down to a squirrel hunting charity event. And I think it just shows how awesome the brand is that you've built to be able to put on a squirrel event and have that type of energy and that type of success behind it. Because squirrels aren't really looked at as, wow, let's go across the country to shoot a squirrel, even though it's fun and they taste unbelievable when cooked right. It just, it just was like, how badass is what Jackie has built if he can have the Waddells, the Bo Jacksons, the Jeff Foxworthies, and then to raise money for veterans and kids that are not doing very well that need help. It's just awesome. It's kudos to you, man. I'm a big fan, and you're an inspiration to me, and I'm glad that we're friends. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate everything you're doing, and as I said, uh, if you'll get your legs in shape and you can shoot in the events, you can be on my team, okay? We, were, we, we lost the events we shot 45 squirrels so it's a squirrel master uh a classic record and we still lost okay so we got to work on the shooting events a little bit i so, can shoot a little bit my legs aren't bad shape i've been doing uh, some squats yeah bo laid down on me and a lot of people are the greatest athlete all the time I said, better get in shape so, oh, i'll be fine yeah he laid down he's running up and down on so he got tired so uh, it's, it's fun but again there's always a message behind our events and this is about getting the youth involved and getting them out in the sport that they can start plinking and having fun and hopefully we can graduate them up. So you kind of see behind the scenes what we do. I, I was proud to be on your show and hopefully when we do one of our podcasts, you can be on our show. How about that? I'd be honored and humbled too. I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you when all of this ends and uh, everybody check out what Jackie Bushman has built in the Buckmasters Nation. It's truly humbling to have him on the This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast and what he's done is not easy. He has formed a network that is so solid. It's, uh, it's unbreakable and that's why agencies and conservation efforts and organizations like Safari Club International have gone to Jackie Bushman to lead them into the future with his experience and with his credibility with his audience. We need to support SCI, so please do that. Become a member today. It's very affordable. Check out their convention. Check out their everything that they're about in advocacy and legislature. Safari Club International, that's Mr. Jackie Bushman with Buckmasters and Buckmaster Nation. I'm very proud to have him on the podcast, like I said before. Please continue to support the partners and sponsors that support us here at all of our TV shows and brands. Thank you very much. Tom, go ahead and hit that button. This is Leith Lofton. What you gonna do when the money's all gone? I'd rather be pulling it off in a hole Rich as hell without a soul Life on earth won't last too long So what you gonna do when the money's all gone?